Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hi folks, Nora here, producer for By the Book. A few quick notes. Today's episode includes discussions of pregnancy loss, so heads up if you're sensitive to that topic. And second, please take care when posting about this episode online or on social media. This is, of course, a difficult topic for a lot of our listeners and our hosts. Thank you so much, and now on with the show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, Maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. I think you're pretty perfect. Why would you say that? I find that insulting. I want to be considered imperfect because I hear that as a gift. And who the heck did you hear that from? I obviously heard it from my self-help book, Kristen. Oh, of course you did. And let me guess, you're going to force me to live by it, aren't you? Don't I always? Because I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is by the book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Ooh, self-help. By the book, by the book, by the book, by the book, by the book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And for this, our sixth season, we're doing it all through the lens of history. In each episode, we'll focus on a different decade and a self-help bestseller that defined that decade, reading and living by an original rather than updated version of the book. That means in this and all episodes of this season, there may be some language that sounds dated. 
This season began with the 1930s, and today we are hitting up the 2000s, or the aughts. I don't know what they're <laughs> called. But we're hitting them up with the gifts of imperfection. Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are by Brene Brown. Brene Brown is a research professor, public speaker, and author who's appeared on Oprah and lectured at the Sorbonne. The eldest of four children and the daughter of a successful attorney, she grew up in Louisiana and Texas. In 1995, she earned her Bachelor of Social Work degree from the University of Texas, and by 2002, she'd earned both master's and doctorate degrees in social work from the University of Houston, where she currently holds the Huffington Foundation Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the Graduate College of Social Work. In 2007, Brown began writing books about her findings on shame and resilience, and in 2010, she wrote The Gifts of Imperfection, which became a New York Times bestseller. In The Gifts of Imperfection, Brown shares her research on what she calls wholehearted living. According to her findings, the people who enjoy life the most live wholeheartedly by embracing themselves and their worthiness. She suggests that we can all be happier if we tap into our courage, compassion, and connection while embracing our imperfections and acknowledging that we're enough. Her book was followed in 2012 by a TED Talk on the power of vulnerability that amassed over 45 million views and became one of the five most viewed TED Talks of all time. She also wrote four more best-selling books. Since then, Brown has become a major celebrity, starring in her own Netflix special, a new podcast, and the Amy Poehler-led chick flick, Wine Country. Here's how you do it. Step one, cultivate authenticity, a.k.a. letting go of what people think. Instead of looking for approval from the world around you, do things that help you focus on being true to yourself, like sharing your work and opinions with the world and not hiding perceived imperfections. Step two, cultivate self-compassion, a.k.a. letting go of perfectionism. Instead of letting fear of failure or rejection drive you, explore your fears and work on changing how you treat yourself when you face challenges. If you need help figuring out where to get started, the book recommends taking the online quiz at self-compassion.org. Step 3. Cultivate a resilient spirit, a.k.a. letting go of numbing and powerlessness. To develop your resilient spirit, try the following— Cultivate hope, practice critical awareness, seek out help, rely on your friends and family when you need to, and start a spiritual practice. Step four, cultivate gratitude and joy, a.k.a. letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark. While happiness is situational, joy comes from practicing gratitude. Find a way of practicing gratitude by meditating, writing, saying a daily affirmation, making gratitude art, or partaking in any other practice that feels right to you. Step five. Cultivate intuition and trusting faith, a.k.a. letting go of the need for certainty. Intuition is our ability to hold space for uncertainty and our willingness to have faith that we're equipped to deal with whatever comes our way. To hone intuition and faith, find ways to stay in the moment and build trust in yourself, a higher power, and the connections around you. Step 6. Cultivate creativity, a.k.a. letting go of comparison. When you compare yourself to others, you hinder joy and authenticity. To counteract this, get creative in any way that moves you. Step 7. Cultivate play and rest, a.k.a. letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. Both play and rest, while they seem different on the outside, help us foster empathy, social skills, creativity, and innovation. Make time for whatever constitutes play and rest for you in your life. Step 8. Cultivate calm and stillness, a.k.a. letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle. 
Calm creates perspective while stillness clears the mind so we can dream, feel, think, and question. The best place to start for calm and stillness is by focusing on your breath. But you can also try walking, meditating, journaling, and more. Experiment and find what you enjoy most. Step 9. Cultivate meaningful work, a.k.a. letting go of self-doubt and supposed to. Take time getting to know yourself and your strengths. Then figure out ways to put them to better use in your work by confronting fears and looking at what you want to do instead of what you feel you're supposed to do. Step 10. Cultivate laughter, song, and dance, a.k.a. letting go of being cool and always in control. Laughter, song, and dance all help us express ourselves and communicate our stories. Without these things, life would be unbearable. So it's important to carve out time for them by making special playlists, giving yourself a five-minute dance party each day, telling a little joke at work, or doing anything else that cultivates laughter. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. So, Jolenta, tell us about your first week of living by the gifts of imperfection. Well, I started imperfectly with step one. That is cultivate authenticity, a.k.a. letting go of what people think. Yeah, and I feel like in general, I'm pretty good at this. I, I like to think I've made a career out of sharing, you know, shameful, ugly, embarrassing stories and like trying to force people to laugh at it with me. But Lately, I have not been that good at this in my personal life because of my friend and yours, perioral dermatitis, which I'm pretty sure is just Latin for, like, very shitty face rash. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I don't mean to laugh, but it's, Thank you. it's hard to feel like your most confident best self when you're dealing with that kind of thing. Exactly. Like, I feel dirty. Like, I worry about going outside and having people be like, does she know how to wash her face? Like, it's it's embarrassing. Mm. And... I want to just hide out all the time, but I probably shouldn't do that, right? No, no, you shouldn't. So in order to embrace my full, rash-filled, imperfect self, while I was hanging out with a friend, Chloe, one day, I decided to not wear makeup. Ooh, Jolenta, even I. You have not seen the rash in its full force in a long time. I've shown you pictures here and there. Yeah, but I'm your work wife, and Mm -hmm. um, wow. You don't get to see it. So you did it. You Mm -hmm. showed it, and how did it go? It was fine. She did not run screaming, and when I asked her what she thought of it and, like, if we were still friends, even (laughs) though I was a mess, she was like, yeah, duh, we're still friends, and it probably feels worse than it looks. I'm like, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with her, even though I've only seen pictures here and there. All anyone cares about is, are you feeling okay? Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry it's isolating, but, like, I don't care. But, like, other than that, no one cares what you look like. We just want you to feel okay. Thank you. I'm I'm starting to believe that, possibly. Good, (laughs) good, good. So what happened after that? After that, I did step two. That's cultivating self-compassion, a.k.a. letting go of perfectionism. Right. And so for this step, I just did what the book says, which is to take an online quiz at Mm selfcompassion.org, I think. Mm -hmm. So here I am going over my results. Okie doke. Quiz filled out. Hitting calculate scores. Let's see. Overall score, 1.63. Self-compassion scores tend to be around 3. On the one to five scale, all right, I'm like one and a half. A score of one to 2.5 indicates you are low in self-compassion. OMG, I'm 
low in self-compassion. Here are some self-compassion practices you can try. Fuck me. Okay, I guess I'll try some of these. So, yeah, it's clear I, I have things to work on. And while those results were disappointing, it was nice that the test essentially kind of labels the ways I don't take care of myself and, and points it out in a nice, clear way so I know what to work on moving forward. Yeah, I mean, to go back to your skin for a second, sometimes mm-hmm. it's good just to know there's a name for this thing. Yes, true. Whatever it is. Like, people do this or people get this. This is common. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm not just a freak with some sort of um, undiagnosable thing. Yeah, I like that. So what did you do after that? After that, to end my first week, I started a sort of combination of step ritual that I hope I hope you'll be okay with. Oh, I, I do that later, too. Okay, good. Just wait. Good. There are lots of <laughs> steps. There had to be some combos. Yes, yes. So I combined steps four, seven, and eight. Yes. So that is cultivating gratitude and joy. It is cultivating play and rest, and it is cultivating calm and stillness. So how do you do all those things at once? I made a new bedtime ritual for myself and Frank because he's an unwilling participant in whenever (laughs) I go to bed. Um, So I go to bed alone many nights because Brad works evenings and gets home late. And usually how I go to sleep is I curl up with like a computer or a phone And I watch Criminal Minds until I pass out. I feel like maybe I could be more intentional about how I pass out. And instead of falling asleep to, like, screams, maybe I could, like, get comfy, lay Frank across my stomach, get sort of calm and still, and maybe go through what I'm grateful for that day, Mm. which I think could be considered a game because I also made Frank say what he was grateful for, and he doesn't talk, and I use my imagination for that technically. Oh, nice. Yes. So here I am doing my step four, seven, and eight combo. I'm grateful for how funny my mom is because... She made me funny, and no matter what's going on, even during right now, we always find a way to make it make it a laughing matter when we can, because otherwise we cry all the time. You might as well try to find sick humor and stuff. So I'm really lucky that my mom is so good at that. And I'm grateful I can lick my own dick. Frank, you do not need to be so silly. Oh, Frank. Like all dogs, always thinking about your dick. Mm. But seriously, it is nice to fall asleep, not to the sounds of people being murdered, but to the sounds of you and Frank being grateful for all the good things in life. That's nice. I can see the benefits of both, but perhaps (laughs) gratitude is a nice, refreshing change. Oh, that seems like a really great way to end week one. I love that. Thank you. Can we please talk about your first week, Kristen? How was living by the gifts of imperfection? Oh, it was something. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, please tell me everything. So first, I need to preface this by saying I was super excited to Mm -hmm. finally live by a Brene Brown book. Listeners have been recommending her for years and years, and a lot of my friends adore her. They're like Brene Brown disciples. Oh, for sure. But... 
I started with step two. And that is cultivate self-compassion. Yes. And for this step, I took the online quiz at self-compassion.org. Of course. Because I figured that (laughs) in order to do the other steps well, I should first know my baseline compassion level. Right. And so I took it. And afterward, I went over some of the results with my husband, Dean. Um, For self-kindness, I scored a 4.2 out of 5. Self-judgment. A very low 1.6 out of 5. Uh-huh. Common humanity, 5 out of 5. A perfect score. Yeah, well, the test's obviously broken because you are <laughs> not human at all. You're entirely made out of Minnesotan. <laughs> well, what this score means is when I'm going through a weird emotion, I'll say like, oh, other people feel this way too. Um, you have a very unique way of being able to do that. My overall score is 4.64 out of 5, and I don't want to brag or anything, but I think that sounds like a pretty good score. Oh, wow. Here we go. Another book Kristen doesn't need because she's already become super well-adjusted before we were friends. <laughs> okay, so you know what? I'm what? going gonna to admit it, that yes, I did kind of think that. I kind oh, of thought, my God. Of I, I kind of thought I don't need this book, but then I had a head-on encounter with step one. That is Cultivate Authenticity or let go of what people think. Yes. And while the compassion test suggested that maybe I don't worry too much about what other people think. Or just suggest that you're perfect in general. Whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My friend Kim asked me something that made me realize I do still worry about this. Oh, nice. I want to know what Kim asked. She wanted to know why she always had to learn about my accomplishments through word of mouth. Uh, for example, she had no idea, Jolenta, that you and I co-wrote a book together. And she kind of put me on the spot about it. Why don't you tell me these things in person? But really, I don't tell you about these things? No. I mean, honestly, I don't want to be that person, though. What person? I don't want to be that person who, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Let me tell you about all my achievements. I was on this TV show. I have this book coming out, yada, yada, yada. Listen to me talk about all my stuff. And so, I mean... But, I, I that's why I like I talk about it on social media and other places. And. But Kristen, that's exciting. That's who you are. That's what makes us friends. I it's the joyful part of your life. I want to share in your joy. Thank you, Kim. You can't fucking squander your joy like a little squirrel, Kristen. <laughs> you gotta share it. That is literally part of being friends. Yeah. You're very good about like encouraging other people to brag to your face, but you don't talk much about what you do. Sometimes it's like you're a woman of mystery. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, the thing is, I actually just adore it when other friends share their accomplishments. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's a reason why I have some reluctance about doing the same. Mm -hmm. And that leads me straight into step nine. Interesting. So that is letting go of self-doubt and supposed to. Yes. And for this step, I had a long talk with Dean about some baggage I'm apparently still holding on to from some unhealthy friendships I used to have. I mean, you know how it was, hon. Anytime I shared anything good in my life around them, they'd always accuse me of like, oh, you're competing with me or you're trying to outdo me. And I mean, it just, I realized that the only way to maintain those friendships was to only talk about the bad things in my life when I was around them. That's why you that's why you did a quick audit through your friends and just, you know, moved on from some of them. But now you're, the friends that you do care about and that you are around a lot are excited for you, like I am. We're super excited for the, all of the amazing things that you do. And we're there for you if you're having a bad day. 
Isn't that what friends are supposed to do? Yes, Dean. That is so right. And honestly, I'm sick of, like, the trope of, like, no, I'm a piece of shit. No, I'm a bigger piece of shit. Like, that's boring friendship. I'm pro being nice. Yeah. It's nice to be nice. I'm pro nice friends. We're all grown-ups. Let's just be nice. Yeah. And let's not feel like somebody else's good news is our bad news. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Is that where you ended the week? Did you do more? I did one more thing. I did step three. Nice. That is cultivate a resilient spirit. Yes. And for this, I thought long and hard about other things I'm sharing and not sharing with those around me. Mm -hmm. And there aren't a ton, but there's one big thing that's been weighing heavy on my heart for over a year now. And for a while, I thought, I'll share it when I know my narrative around it better. Mm -hmm. I'll share it when I feel more certain I can deal with people asking me questions that I don't want to answer. But during this step, I realized maybe I'm resilient enough now that maybe in the coming days or weeks, I'll start talking about it. Well, I'm interested. Um, And with that, we're just going to take a break and leave you hanging. Yes. But before we do, have you lived by the gifts of imperfection? Did it work for you? Share your story at facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod or at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail to play on a mini episode. You can give us a call at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Okay, Jolenta, we talked about our first weeks of living by the gifts of imperfection. It's now time to talk about our second weeks, beginning with you. I started week two with step nine. (laughs) That's cultivate meaningful work, a.k.a. letting go of self-doubt and supposed to. Right. So this one sort of fell in my lap. I got a text from a friend from acting school, like back in the day, friend. And she got in touch because she wants me to meet up with her sister who's working on a podcast. 
I haven't seen this friend in years. Last time I saw her, my face didn't look a mess. I've maybe met her sister once in passing. Like, it's not fun to meet someone new and be like, hey, this is me. Like, I might look a mess. But I was like, hey, don't isolate. Don't worry about what you're supposed to look like. Just fucking go see your friend. So I did. Ooh. And after I did, I recorded a little audio diary with Brad, my partner, debriefing. I think I might try to do a true crime project with Nyla's sister. Oh, yeah. the go. Well, we mostly just had dinner, but oh, yeah. it was good. But you guys dig each other's butt. Yeah, we really got along, and she's, like, got a new story that really, like, sort of, she'd be, like, feels like found her and uh, happens to take place in Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. And That's you. Yeah. You know that? You were, you were from there. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but it was just really fun. Yay, Joe Lenta! She's clapping. You pushed through your initial fear, and it was totally worth it. And, um... I need to know more about this podcast because I need to listen to this. And this is a podcast the world needs because nobody other than Jolenta Greenberg <laughs> should be working on a Portland true crime podcast. Hopefully, hopefully I can do it justice. Like, I don't want to jinx anything. You are the person who should be doing this. Ugh, I don't know. You're who the world needs. Um, I'm going to hope so. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do after that? After that, Kristen, I moved on to do steps three and five combined. That would be cultivating a resilient spirit and trusting faith, a.k.a. letting go of the need for certainty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, since I wanted to focus on having resilience without hiding, I thought I'd also push myself to to work on having faith in others and the, the world around me. I love this. you got to remind yourself that there are people all around who truly want to be there for you. I love that. Oh, my gosh. You're so loving in this episode. (laughs) So for this, Kristen, I went to finally meet my new doctor because about a year ago, my regular doctor left her practice, and I picked a new one but just never went to meet her. I didn't want to meet her while my face was a mess, and I was going to, like, a dermatologist— And, you know, stressed about my dad. And, like, basically a year later, I still haven't met her. You know what this reminds me of? People Hmm. who don't want the housekeeper to come over until Until first they pick up the house. Yeah, no, I'm that person, too. Yeah, yeah. So I decided it was time, and I was just going to go in, be as open as possible about my health issues, my family stress, needing help, just getting all my shit in order so I can be a better person and coworker and friend. And how'd it go? It was... So nice, Kristen. My doctor was lovely. She was accepting and really reassuring about my dad, which I didn't expect. And while she was checking my blood pressure, she actually gave me some great advice. Listen. It seems like at this point you're estranged from your father. Mm. Uh, So... But you still may want to go to a support group where other people have family members with frontal temporal Mm -hmm. dementia, even if you're not planning to maintain a relationship at time with him because it is such a unique disease process that other people who have Mm -hmm. gone through something similar can be really helpful because you might say to someone, exactly, my father has this early onset dementia, and they may picture something very different, which is like, you know, he's really losing his his judgment and his ability to be, like, reasonable, lay back, in a way where he still may appear uh, kind of, coherent in a lot of situations. Right, like he appears normal, especially because the people who've known him the longest are people he's 
like cutting out of his life. Yes. So all these new friends. Are right. Like, yeah, they're just like, oh, he's an out there guy, you know? Yeah, I don't know. He's me. an aloof weirdo who loves spending money. Like, right. What? No, he's not. Sit up for me. Oh, first of all, this doctor sounds great. I need her name after this taping. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, that is just such sensible advice. Right? Of and course. again, it's like yeah. the anti-isolation of like, even if you're not talking to this dude, there are people out there who experience this and, you know, know what it's like to tell someone dementia and have them be like, his memory seems fine. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like, it was just such good advice. She was so easy to talk to. Like, I'm so glad I finally went. And good. I feel kind of dumb for putting it up for so long. No, you're not dumb. Thank but you. I'm really glad you did it. Thank you. What else did you do during the second week? Okay, so to end my second week with a bang, I did another step combo, Kristen, of steps six and ten. That would be cultivating creativity and letting go of being cool and always in control. Right. Now, I think, again, I'm pretty good at both of these steps. I'm creative. I make jokes for a living. I sing songs with my dog. That's (laughs) not cool at all. I love to dance around my house, but I was like, you know what? I can go even further. So I made a purchase that was probably not too cool, and I shared my six and ten step combination with Brad. Take a listen. I want to show you this. Where did you get these? Amazon. Oh, you bought them? Yeah. For yourself? Yeah. You ready for that? Listen to those shuffles. They're slow, but they're a shuffle. Yeah. How's your muscle memory? Oh. Let's see. Shuffle, step, shuffle, step, shuffle, ball, change, shuffle, step. Oh, she's step, got step, rhythm. Shuffle, step, shuffle, ball, change. Oh, that was off. I even got the ones that looked like I had when I was little. (laughs) That's awesome. You ready for this? (laughs) So good. Thank you. So good. Tap dancing up a storm. I love it. I haven't tap danced in years. I stopped doing it because it's what nerds do. But I was like, fuck it. I got rhythm and I'm not ashamed. No, you got some (laughs) boogie. You got it. Yes, it was a very... Fun, light ending to a weird roller coaster two weeks. (laughs) But Kristen, can I please hear about your second week of living by the gifts of imperfection? You left us on a suspenseful note. I did, yes. But before we get to what the suspense was about, Mm -hmm. let's discuss step six. Cultivating creativity. Yes. And after all the soul searching I was doing in week one, I decided to take a little emotional spa day, if you Mm -hmm. will. A tap dance day. (laughs) Yes. And try something one of my high school teachers said way back in the day. He said that anytime you're dealing with heavy feelings, try writing your name as big as you can on the largest piece of paper you can find. Feel free to embellish it, put drawings on it, and so on. So that's what I did. And it really did make me feel happy. Do you want to see it? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so cute. It's upside down. Wait, turn it over. Okay. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Is that some metallic color pencil work? Or is that pens? That is acrylic paint. Oh, shit. She broke out paint. Yeah. And it's also crayon. So it's mixed media. Oh, it's mixed media. It's on like a mint green paper. We will post this to the internet. (laughs) There's no way to look at it and not smile. Whatever that teacher knew 
He was right. It worked. I felt really good afterwards. It makes me literally feel good looking at it. Oh, good. I consider that an A+. What did you do next? I did what I considered a combination of steps four, seven, and ten. Okay. So that is cultivating joy, cultivating play, cultivating laughter. Yes. And as you know, Jolenta, one of the things that brings me the greatest joy in life is spending time with people I love. Mm -hmm. And at the time we were living by this You have to rub it in that you don't isolate. (laughs) Fine. I'm kidding. And at the time we were living by this book, I realized I hadn't spent much time with a certain group of people I love in a while. And those people are my former colleagues at Panoply. I know those people. Yes, you do. And so I sent an email to one of them, and that one person became three people and then five people. And we had to reschedule it once. But even the writing back and forth was fun and rejuvenating somehow. Yes, I like that. What did you do next? I did step five. That is cultivate intuition and trusting faith. Yes. Did you let go of the need for certainty, Kristen? Yes. And um, what happened here totally took me by surprise. When I finally managed to get together with all my old coworkers, toward the end of the evening, one of them said, hey, let's go around the table. Let's each share three things that can be good or bad, things we're feeling or doing or proud of. And so this friend, she started things. And you know what? She totally set the tone because she had so much good news, but also some health news. Mm. And before you know it, everyone was sharing vulnerable stories. And with each story, we were all so happy and so sad for each other. And and then they got to me. Oh, no. Why are you going to cry? <laughs> and then they got to me. And without planning on it, I blurted out something that only you, Jolenta, and Dean and my doctor. Oh, my God. And a few other people know about. And that's that a little over a year ago, mm. during the week we all got laid off, I found out that my top secret pregnancy— mm-hmm. The one that almost no one knew about wasn't going well, Mm -hmm. and I had to get an abortion. And if you listen back to the episode when I lost my job, you'll hear that I talk about needing a procedure, but I don't say what it is. And so I said it then in front of my coworkers, and I'm saying it right now on the microphone. I'm so proud of you. Not that you ever need to push it out there. You don't want to, but— I just think it's so brave and so and a really important thing to talk about. Like while people expect so much of of humans and women in general, you have no idea what's going on underneath. Yeah. And I have to say it was really one of the scariest things I've talked about in a long time because I mean, honestly, I'm still just trying to put the narrative together in my whole head about how I'm processing it. I'm still I mean, trying it was to put together such the story. A whirlwind. On top of that, you were also finishing your book. Yes, like, all of that was happening at the same big time. big mess of things going on. Yeah, and fortunately, they were nothing but loving. Oh, I'm sure. I feel like, I mean, it's like the book says, the more vulnerable you are, the easier it is for people to just love you and accept you. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's going to be like, you're, you're weird. Like, it's like you can't. In the face of that, you can't. Well, I felt so incredibly lucky about it. And here I am talking about it afterward with Dean. I cried the whole time, and they were so good about it. Everybody at the table cried, and everybody said, I'm so sorry you had to go through that, and that just sounds terrible. And they were really, really great about it. Yeah, they are friends, but for a year I just felt like I don't even know how to talk about it. I just can... I mean, it's a big deal. It's a huge um, event, and... People take time to process, you know? People take time to understand how they even feel about it themselves. 
let alone how you might want to talk about it with others. Did you ever talk about it? So I've talked about it with one of my friends. You did? Yeah, Dale. And um, it was sad. I too was crying. Um, Dale was very supportive. And, uh, you know, we share when we're ready some of the things that hurt us with our friends. And I think it's part of the way that we heal. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> that was the sweetest. I, that was so cute when you were like, you did? <laughs> oh, and you even learned something new about Dean from, like, being vulnerable. Like, this is nuts. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, I, I like to think all of it ended up checking off the box for step eight. Uh, calm and stillness and letting go of anxiety. Yeah. Listen to Did you hear your breath during that walk? You can yeah. literally hear you calming down. Oh. Like, yeah. talking it out, doing an activity we all know you love, fucking <laughs> walking. I, can, I could hear you starting to sort of regulate and, like, get get back to an even keel. Yeah. Like, that totally counts. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Because um, I felt like it did, too. And mm-hmm. it also kind of felt like it brought everything full circle because— mm-hmm. You know, you might recall that at the beginning of week one, my friend Kim was saying, let your loved ones be happy for you. Yeah, yeah. And then things came full circle, and it was letting my friends be sad for me. Yeah, and but, letting... like, you're allowed to let people in on all of those things. Yeah. And, like, it's scary to expose yourself, but it, it ends up makes things more bearable. Yeah, and I just, at the end of the week, I really felt so grateful to everybody around me and everything that they were open to listening to. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people I love and who love me back. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. Like, you must love this book. Is this the first one that Kristen, upon reading, thought she didn't need that she <laughs> loved the most? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. I think we need to wait for that verse. Yes. yes. But first, I want to hear from you guys. Have you? Live by the gifts of imperfection? Don't forget to share your story or advice or questions. You can write to us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. We might play it on a mini episode at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Okay, Jolenta, it is time to get down to business. Did the gifts of imperfection actually work? Would we recommend it? So, Kristen, here's the deal. The advice in this book led to a lot of positive growth for me. True. But I have to say that the 
the book was a good jumping off point. That jumping off point again, we've said this before on this show, was a bit redundant, mm. sort of a bit needlessly wordy, and a bit vague. And, you know, I got good advice from my physician, tangible advice from an online quiz, and was able to then work from there. But the book itself was sort of a disappointing read. I wanted my mind-blown Brene Brown, like, internet meme style, and instead I was like, oh, this is a lot like a lot of the other books we read. Like, uh, the steps can be mushed together. It might be better as a TED Talk, a tweet thread. I don't know. But it also sent me in some very good directions, and I love that. So recommend the book. What do you think? What is your verdict on the <laughs> gifts of imperfection? Was it, in fact, a gift? <laughs> was it a gift? Well, first and foremost, I have to say, I was excited to read this book. A lot of my friends love this book. A lot of listeners have recommended it to us over the years. But that being said, it feels really dated, really muddled, and super redundant, even though it's only a few years old. And it feels like Brene is a little bit out of touch. We haven't mentioned this yet, but at one point in the book, she and her husband essentially decide to just start working part-time so they can, mm -hmm. quote, enjoy life more. I mean— Yeah, we'd all like to do that. Yeah. How many of us can afford to, though? How many people are already We're not working? all tenured, Brene. <laughs> there are so many people in America and in the world who are working three part-time jobs plus a full-time job plus a lot of other work cobbled together. I mean, the idea of just, I'm just going to cut down all my work in half. It's not usually an option. No, it's just not. But— all that being said, I will admit this book did help me. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much mental calculus I was still doing about how much good versus bad to share with my friends. Yeah. And during this book, I shared lots of both, and it felt really good. Turns out they just want you to share, period. <laughs> so while this book is imperfect, mm -hmm. <laughs> and while I definitely like Brene Brown's TED Talk way more than this yes. book— I do think it maybe made my life better. But all that being said, just watch the TED Talk. I agree. That's the thing. I also feel let down by Brene because I've seen the TED Talk. I love her persona. And this book doesn't live up to it to me. Yeah. Watch the TED Talk, people. Do watch it. the TED Talk. Do that. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producer Nora Ritchie, our engineer Andy Christens, Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, Jared Arnold, who produced this season's new version of the theme song, and our very own producer Nora Ritchie for singing the theme song. Chris Bannon is our chief content officer, and Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Don't forget to stay in touch with us. Let us know if you've read The Gifts of Imperfection. What do you think? Did it change your life? Did you find it not as interesting as Brene's TED Talks? Hit us up at kristenangelenta at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail so we can play your beautiful voice on a mini episode. Our number is 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. You can always tweet us, of course. We love it when you tweet at ByTheBookPod, at Kristen Meinzer, or at Jolenta G. And remember, we love it when you rate and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. While you're sharing a vulnerability, share our show. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.
I cried more than you. <laughs> but I'm on my period. Me too. Oh my God, we're twins. Yesterday. Where are you? Yesterday, mine started. Yes. Oh my we're God. Back in we are sync actually again. Synced. We're back in sync again. Stitcher. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.